0: hi everybody this is patricia with walden we have a special guest for tonight uh and we are not live so i apologize we're not going to be able to take calls and i wish we could because our guest is john rose who is the cartoonist and author of barney google and snuffy smith the daily and sunday cartoon um John, thank you so much for being with us. I've really been looking forward to this.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me.
0: You have, if my information is correct, you have been drawing Barney Google since 1998 and the cartoonist responsible for the story, the cartoon, the everything since 2001. Did I get that correct?
1: You're you're correct.
0: I am correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Walden, are you able to turn John up just a little bit for me? Maybe not. <laughs> I think we lost Walden. i um, will got to talk louder. Uh, okay, there you go. Okay. I have that you were an editorial cartoonist before you started drawing Barney Google. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. That is, and it, it's just an extraordinary transition. Would you tell me a little bit about the editorial cartoonist side of you before we get to the bodacious Snuffy Smith?
1: Sure. Um, I went to uh, James Madison University at a college uh, university in Virginia and when I was uh, at the school I was an art major and uh, I worked on the school newspaper as an editorial cartoonist and uh, also did illustrations and that's kind of how I first got into doing editorial cartoons Um, when I graduated in the like 1986 I uh, started uh, doing some freelance uh, editorial cartoons and some sports cartoons for local newspapers um, for about a year or two, and then I was hired uh, by a newspaper, a small newspaper, to do graphics and editorial cartoons for them. I just did uh, one a week, and that's kind of how I got, uh, I guess my my foot my feet wet or whatever in, into uh, into the business of editorial cartooning. Um, and then, uh, in the, it was around 1993, uh, we moved to Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we uh, currently live, uh, for me to take a job as a, uh, creative director and editorial cartoonist for the, uh, daily newspaper there, or here, I guess, because where we still are. Um, and, uh, I ended up, uh, doing at least a, uh, at first, I think just one or two cartoons a week, but then as time went on, I did more cartoons and less uh, less other type graphic work. So um, I ended up doing about four cartoons, four editorial cartoons a week. And I usually kind of comment on, uh, I would comment on some local news, but mainly uh, national and some statewide news as well.
0: An editorial cartoonist who does national and
1: state editorial
0: in a cartoon format can frequently take some heat. What was the yeah. hottest item you ever
1: attacked? Uh, I don't know. Usually in my cartoons, I try to use uh, I, I try to use humor because then I think even if you disagree with the cartoon that I do. Then you would uh, get at least get a chuckle out of it, because that's kind of how I feel when I read cartoons. Whether I agree with them or I disagree with them, I, I still like to laugh. So um, I think I'd rather see a editorial cartoon that uh, that I disagreed with that made me laugh than one that I agreed with that didn't make me laugh. Um, so I've, I would take I understand, I take it understand what you're saying it's, for, it's, for different things, but not anything really, really bad. <laughs>
0: not anything really bad. I understand what you're saying, and periodically, I'll come across one that I think is it's a genius who can incorporate humor into a serious situation and not not draw fire from the side that disagrees with you, right. So you really are an artist from your head to your heart. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: Tell me about the transition to Barney Google.
1: Well, um, basically how that happened was um, in the late 1990s, uh, I'm in a group of professional cartoonists, and it's known as the National Cartoonist Society. Uh-huh. And um, we meet, uh, have a big meeting once a year, and at one of those meetings in the late 1990s, I was talking with a fellow cartoonist, and he was an editorial cartoonist as well, uh, but he told me that he also started working as an assistant on the Blondie comic strip. Uh, he was assisting the cartoonist that was doing the Blondie comic strip, and I really had uh, didn't know that uh, syndicated cartoonists sometimes used assistants. Um, so I thought, well, maybe that's an avenue I could pursue. We had two young kids, my, my wife and I had two young kids, and thinking of an, a way to get a little extra money on the table, um, and the way that, uh, I guess, basically what I did was I really thought about uh, the cartoons, the comics that I really liked to read, and the ones that uh, I'd read a lot growing up, You know, which ones were kind of my favorite, and, and the first comic strip that I really thought of um, was Barney Google and Snuffy Smith. Um, I'd grown up reading it, and it was my uh, grandfather's favorite comic strip, and so I I knew a lot about the strip, and um, so when I got home from that meeting, I drew like a few, uh, I drew I think some uh, sample sketches of the characters, and then I drew a Sunday comic strip, uh, and then I uh, sent that along with some of my other work that I've done over the years, and I mailed that to Fred Laswell, who was the cartoonist on the comic strip, and he had been for close to 60 years, I think, at that time. Um, And as a cartoonist, uh, you send a lot of stuff out, and you get a lot of rejection, or you don't hear anything at all. So really, when I mailed that out, I had Fred's address, but I never had met him before. And when I mailed it, I didn't know if I'd ever hear anything or not. But about two weeks later, um, I was eating lunch. Uh, I was eating something real healthy, like Cocoa Puffs or something <laughs> like that for lunch. And the phone rang. And um, the voice on the other end, when I picked up the phone, said, you know, John, this is uh, Fred Lathwell. He said, I got, the, I got the packet of samples that you sent me, and I really like the way that you draw big noses. And uh, if you've seen the strip, all the characters kind of have really big noses, and um, so that's kind of what what he said to me. And uh, that just, to, I guess, to make a long story short, um, that led to uh, that call led to him hiring me to be his inking assistant. And um, he lived in Florida, and I lived in Virginia, and the syndicate was in uh, New York City, but. <laughs> He was really, he was an older gentleman in his 80s, but he was really into technology. And um, so we met for like two or three, I guess for like one long weekend every year uh, that I worked with him. But then otherwise, we talked on the phone every day, um, and then we communicated by uh, fax and email. And essentially, he would uh, write out the comic strip and sketch out the comic strip and then fax, fax it to me. And then I would get his facts, and um, then from the facts I would uh, ink the art and and do the lettering. He had a special uh, computerized font that he used for lettering. So then I would do the, the art and uh, ink the art and do the lettering, and then I would scan all that back in the computer, then email it back to him, and then he would um, look at it and approve it. and... Uh, once he approved it, then he sent it on to the syndicate in in New York City. So, um, that's kind of how it all worked, and that's how I got into into working on the strip. I love the system. Oh, I,
0: <laughs> did did you do any of the dialogue boxes, uh, the you know the balloons, or did that script come to you?
1: No, he pretty much always wrote the comic strip. He did. Um, mm-hmm. did,
0: but you you inherited it. I want to talk about that that in in just a minute. Now, can we talk just for a minute about the origin of Barney Google? This is almost a century old we're talking about here.
1: That's right. Yeah, it'll be uh, uh, in 1919. and It was created in 1919, so in 2019 it'll be 100 years old. Um, So it's, it's one of... The longest-running comic strips in in history, so it's it's quite a blessing to get to to get to work on it and carry it on for you know younger generations.
0: Why do you think it has lasted for almost a century?
1: Um, I think the secret is probably uh, in the characters, uh, the characters that were created. Um, I think they're just characters that people really liked and, and were entertained by and to me i think that's the secret of a of a really good comic strip is uh, just have entertaining characters and the strip has gone through several i guess incarnations because it started out it was created by billy DeBeck and it started out in 1919 uh being about barney google uh and his wife and then uh Year, a few years went by, and Billy Debeck introduced the horse Spark Plug, and the strip kind of really became about Barney Google and Spark plug. And at some point there, I think he and his, the wife divorced. Um, and the, uh, the strip was very popular when it was about uh, Barney Google and Spark plug. It soared in popularity, and it was a uh, there was a hit. Uh, song at the time called Barney Google and the Goo Goo Googly Eyes Um, and that I think reached the top of the charts and um, But anyway, then kind of as time went on uh, I think in the 30s uh, Billy DeBeck sent Barney Google to the mountains and when he went to the Appalachian Mountains, he met Snuffy Smith and Snuffy's family and then the uh, the strip kind of became about Barney Google and Snuffy Smith. And at that point, Billy DeBeck died. Uh, and Fred Laswell was Billy DeBeck's assistant. So once he started working on the comic strip, it was still about Barney and Snuffy. But I think he saw more potential and had more interest in the hillbilly characters. And over time, like uh, into the 50s and 60s, kind of phased out Barney Google. And focused more on Snuffy Smith and again the comic strip just really soared in popularity and I think he uh, Fred brought Barney back about one day a year um, or so until about the mid 1990s and at that point he just kind of uh, Barney hadn't been in for a long time well I know he wasn't on it in it at all when I started working in 1998 And, uh, and then when I took over the comic strip uh, after working with Fred in 2001, it was, it was still all about Snuffy and and his family. And then, uh, we, I think in about 2012, I talked to my editors about reintroducing Barney Google and Sparkplug because his name's still in the title. Uh, and they thought it was a great idea. So we brought him back for a week. And it was so popular that um, now we bring him back uh, on a regular basis every year since then for at least two different, like, week-long stints uh, throughout the year. So it's, it's always a fun couple of weeks when we have Barney Google and Spark Lug and Snuffy Smith and the whole family interacting together.
0: Were the characters and the strip influenced at any point by what was going on in the country we had the flapper years we had the market crash we had prohibition and and the depression world war ii what influence did the characters have on the audience or did the times have on the characters
1: it probably went a little bit both ways but i know for example um when the war uh, happened they uh they had the characters go to war and uh, Snuffy went into the Army, and Barney Google went into the Navy, and there were <clears throat> there were several years of just uh, strips when they were in the war. So I think that also was a secret to the success of the long-running, uh, the fact that it's so long-running because they could integrate into the times.
0: I did not know that the characters went to war.
1: Mm-hmm. They sure did, yeah.
0: Wow! We're talking with John Rose, who is the cartoonist of the comic strip Barney Google and Snuffy Smith. If you have ever seen that cartoon, it is emblazoned in your brain. It is just such wonderful visuals and images. You you just can't undo them. Jughead is is one of my favorites with his raccoon cap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. John, I want to talk with you a little bit about the process. Not a little bit. I want to talk a lot a bit about the process. What is a okay. typical work week for you? And then I'm going to ask you specific questions about the storyline and drawing and that kind of stuff. What's a typical work week for you?
1: Well, um, basically, I generally start off with the daily comics, and I do all six daily comics kind of at one time. So I'll uh, pencil out the daily comics, and I'll ink the daily comics, and and letter the daily comics. Um, and then uh, after I do the dailies, then I'll go to the Sunday, and I'll do the same thing. I'll pencil out the Sunday, and I'll ink the Sunday, and and then uh, letter and put the lettering in for the Sunday. And then with the Sunday comic, I also have to color it. Um, the daily comics run in color on the web, but I don't have to do that. The syndicate uh, does that, but I do color the Sunday comics, so it takes a little bit of time. Uh, doing a Sunday comic uh, takes a lot longer than doing the daily comics. But that's kind of how I break it down. And then while I'm drawing uh, while I'm drawing the either dailies or Sundays, I'm also thinking about, ideas for cartoons. Um, I still do some editorial cartoons for a local paper, and I do, if I have other projects going on, um, and then in addition to uh, also comic ideas, uh, then I'm, while I'm drawing or inking, I can be thinking. So I always keep a notebook handy where I'm writing down ideas that I have uh, while I'm working on one thing
0: or the other. I love that, inking and thinking at the same time. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's good stuff.
0: With the computerized system that you use, a syndicate is not in your backyard and you don't show up at the door with with your work. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I have picked up in auctions of comics and movie posters, anything that is signed... It soars in value. Do you have an opportunity to sign your work before it goes anywhere?
1: Yes, I do. How do you do that? Well, I have the original artwork, um, so everything is signed uh, on the original artwork before it's scanned into the computer. Um, So what's sent is just a digital file that's sent off. Uh, Okay. All
0: right. So you've got what
1: has a signature on it. What do you do with the originals? Um, I keep I keep the originals, and then I do if people are interested, I'll you know occasionally sell originals, Um, but for the most part, I I just hang on to them. But they are available for sale.
0: I love that. We're going to ask how to to get. Why don't we do that right now? And I'll repeat it. How do people get in touch with you?
1: I have a website, uh, snuffysmithcomics.com, and on that website, you can see the comic strip every day. It's updated seven days a week, and I have a blog uh, that I update at least once a week, and on that uh, website, uh, you can go to the general store section and see different items that I have for sale, or you can also go to... Uh, there's a contact button. I think it says Contact John or something like that. Uh, and you can just click on that and email me, and it'll come to me.
0: Great. Oh, I'm so glad I asked about that, uh, too. Cool. <laughs> tell me how your brain works, the process <laughs> I of
1: – I wish I knew. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we're going to find out. Please tell me. Your brain works out and in an entire little package of pictures something that makes sense from start to finish. You have to do an entire story in just a handful of little panels. How do you do that?
1: That's correct, yeah. Pretty much we, uh, most days I use two panels, sometimes just one and then sometimes three or four, but it's, it's, I've just been doing it for a long time. It's just a lot of training, and um, I don't really know how it works, but I'm glad it does.
0: Indeed, it does. Uh, Sometimes you'll have Snuffy. Does he still sit with his jug of moonshine?
1: Well, he sits a lot, but they in the mid-1990s, they've kind of phased out the moonshine because of, I guess because of political correctness. They had a big, it was actually before I started in 98, I think it was in 96 or so, they had a big uh, series of of strips called Snuffy's Last Still. It was all about his last still and, um, so they've kind of phased that out. We'll sometimes make reference to it in like uh, rum cookies at Christmas or yeah, you know, different, yeah, different little ways, but not as much as it, not as blatantly as it used to be.
0: Does he still get upset about the revenuers?
1: Oh, definitely.
0: He, so even though his still is not in the forefront, he's you can tell that something's going on. Right,
1: he he's, still gets in trouble for. If he's uh, in steal, trouble, and he with... still steals chickens and cheats at carbs and tries to do all kinds of mischievous things and still ends yeah. up in jail. So
0: if he worked as hard on a legitimate job, he'd he would make a fortune. That's right. <laughs> and Barney in the same direction. Um, <laughs> tell me who the audience is for Barney Google and Snuffy Smith, and who was it in the beginning? What happened in the transition?
1: Um. I... I would say now probably um, the comic is is read by all ages, but it's probably uh, older folks that grew up reading it that remember it, that have just been reading it for as long as they can remember. I think that's probably my primary audience, but then um, we try to do different things to also get uh, young readers interested. Um, actually, uh, I'm gonna be doing later this year, it's supposed to come out in December, uh, a comic book story for Charlton Spotlight Comics, um, which is all about Jughead. And that's a way, I think, through the Jughead character and then through the little baby, Tater, the Tater character, um, I think that's a way that we bring in younger readers um, because that's, I think, the key to the success of a long term comic strip is, you know, bring in young readers and keep mm-hmm. them reading. Um, so that's what, what we try to do. And of course it is on the web and I guess a lot of younger folks are on the web and it's also available, I think, uh, for your, you know, on your phones and digitally like that. Yeah. That's a neat way to bring in younger readers too. that maybe don't want to see it in the printed newspaper, but want to see it.
0: Yeah. 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 Snuffy curls up on his little tree stump and, right. and kids with iPhones are, right.
1: are, and
0: iPads are watching what he does. That's that's great fun, and it's great fun. We've been talking with John Rose, who is the cartoonist and creator. I'll, I'll say creator because that's what you are, the creative genius today of the comic strip Barney Google that has been entertaining us, well, some of us, since... June seventeenth, nineteen nineteen. So Barney is coming up on uh, on a hundredth anniversary in a couple of years, and I, I just think that is so cool. Like, what kinds of questions do you usually get when people understand or realize that you are the genius behind Barney and Snuffy?
1: Um, I, I do a lot of what I call chalk talks. Uh, I call them Snuffy Smith Chalk Talks, but it's basically when I talk to groups at libraries or um, civic groups, different clubs that'll have me come in, and I'll show samples of my work and talk about the history of the comic strip, and then I'll draw the characters um, for the audience on on a large easel, but then I open it up to questions and answers at the end, and that's probably when I get most of my questions, and a lot of times... The questions will be kind of, uh, you know, how far ahead do you have to work on the comic strip? How many weeks ahead are you? And um, the answer to that is I'm about nine weeks ahead on the daily comic strip and about 12 weeks ahead on the Sunday comic strip. Um, People used to ask a lot about how come we don't see Barney Google anymore? You know, can you bring back Barney Google and Spark Plug? And that's kind of what generated that idea that i presented to my editors a couple years ago to bring barney back and um so now we do have him come back so that was a direct result of of questions that i received from from fans um people want to ask where do you get your ideas or how long does it take you to do it a, a, a comic strip and it takes me about two hours to do a daily comic strip and probably about 12 or or more hours to do a Sunday comic strip. And it it all just depends on how long it takes to, to draw what you're drawing. And you just never know how long that's going to take, depending on how complicated it is.
0: Do you ever have a daily strip that runs as a serial to the end of the week?
1: Mm-hmm. Occasionally I'll have a week-long series, uh, especially um, if I bring in a character like Barney Google or if I'll bring in an older character that was in it years ago or maybe just a theme uh, like a theme week but generally I, I don't think I've ever had anything that's lasted more than a week I think a week's about the most but most of the time I'm just a, I do a, a joke a day like a gag a day comic strip
0: which I find astounding that you can do that day after day with the characters that you've got to work with but but they are diverse mm-hmm. tell me about the evolution of the personalities of these characters.
1: Well, I think that's the neat thing to the the success of this comic strip um, because it's been around so long. Over time, so many different characters have been created, and there's always this well that I can go back to um, and pull out a character from the past, or even the characters that we have now, um, I probably have 20-some characters that I can just pull and use at any time each day. So I think that helps a lot. Um, I think, like I mentioned earlier, it kind of started out being about Barney Google. And so over time, it's changed either through the characters or just through, um, like we mentioned, like with the war, just different events going on in society, you know, and and, uh, sort of commenting on those, but not directly, maybe just sort of indirectly. Um, I think that also uh, sort of impacts the personalities of the characters. Yeah. But it's it's great to have so many characters to be able to to use and you know if I uh, have something I want to do about a doctor's office or a dentist's office or something I can bring in the doctor or, or I have a nurse or you know, there's a lot of characters that that, I can, that
0: mm-hmm. I can use each day. I remember the nurse with her enormous syringe.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So, laughs>
0: That is great stuff. I have to go back and, and find a newspaper that I can get online and um, you know, subscribe to online that has all of the great comics in it. Well, there and is a
1: Barney, really good website. Barney and
0: Snuffy would be at the top of
1: the list. Yeah. Well, thank you. There's a good website, um, ComicsKingdom.com, and you can go to that every day for free. And see all of King Features comics which not includes Barney Google and Snuffy Smith, but it also includes Blondie and Popeye and um, so many wonderful uh, strips Mother Goose and Grim, Mutt, Zitz, there's just so many, um, but anyway, you can go to that for free each day, and I think you can also You can also pay a little bit. It's not very much. I think it's probably 20 or 25 dollars a year and have access to even more features. But you can see a lot of wonderful comics every day at that website.
0: That's great. Comics, plural, kingdom, yeah, kingdom.com.
1: Kingdom. Kingdom. Kingdom.
0: Mm-hmm. .com. Oh, that's a great one to have. Thank you. I can go find Bar- Barney now. This is yeah. super. Thanks. Thank you. This is really great. Well, John, I have run out of questions. I can't believe this. I've run out of questions for a person who's. Got <laughs>
2: I I got one question, John. You think you know, with the changing in the new paper business in the last few years, you know, less and less is that gonna impact cartoonists and but you guys, you know in other words you you you, you have it now online a different platform, will you, you the expectation of the consumer be different because it is um on a platform on a unit versus a traditional newspaper.
1: Right. Um, I think that is, you know, developing change in the industry, and I guess how that impacts, I think, uh, will will still be yet to be seen. But um, it is it is neat. Um, I'm somebody. I'm in my 50s. I still like to pick up the newspaper and look at it. But then on the other hand, I love the fact that I can go to the web and I can see the comics. Uh, in color and every day and you can make them larger if you want to make them larger or you can go back and read a week's worth or something if you want to do that if you've been out of town um, fairly easily or you can bring it up on your tablet when you are on vacation. Um, so I think it is like a whole new avenue um, for comics and, and uh, so it will be interesting to see. You
2: think the, the audio demand different features to it, eventually, you know, five, ten years, that you're going to have to come up with, you know, more details or more whatever. I mean, any gut hunch what the expectation level might be.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that'll change. I guess we'll have to see. I'm not sure about that. Um, The neat thing, for example, with, uh, like I was mentioning earlier, the comicskingdom.com website, if you subscribe to that, then you can... Uh, actually go back in and see a lot of vintage strips which maybe strips that they're strips I guess that newspapers no longer carry but maybe you are a fan of um, Flash Gordon or or something like that and you can go back and you can look at so many old comics, so many years worth of old comics so that's a really neat thing that I guess the web can do that um, that wasn't uh, something that could be done before without spending a lot of time in a library looking up old thing, old newspapers or something.
0: Yeah. Do you ever borrow a storyline to bring people up to date with what happened historically in that strip?
1: Um, no, not, not really. I, I don't think so.
2: Do you have an archive that, could, could you go back and look up
1: 1919
2: um, and, and read and just get a feel for, you know, so many years or is it that hard to find?
1: Well, on my website, the thesnuffysmithcomics.com, I think I go back as far, I only go back as far as 1999, I think, but um, on that Comics Kingdom, uh, they have, in the vintage section, they were pretty far back to that very beginning uh, a few years ago. I think now they're up into the um, 20s or 30s or something, but... Uh, They do have. They they don't have everything. I guess things weren't preserved uh, long ago, like like we do today. But um, you can go back and see a lot of of older strips.
2: You keep a ticker file. That way, you know what characters you introduce and what characters you want to have up. And uh, in other words, how do you keep yourself organized? If you, you know, you might. We secured three years ago or bomb back today. Do you keep track of that way?
1: Um, I do have uh, just kind of two different bins that are kind of like uh, uh, the Sunday gags and the daily gags that are in that I have to do and then the ones that, um, you know, and then the completed ones. So I have prints of everything that I've done so I can look back and see. But for the main thing, I guess, I try to just, uh, with the gags that I do have, uh, to sketch out and draw for the week, I try to make sure that I have a good variety of characters. Um, I read an interesting thing one time from Mort Walker, who does Beetle Bailey and High and and so many great comics, um, that he said that he started off every week on his Monday comics trip, it always had Beetle Bailey in it in case there was a new reader, and a new reader didn't know who Beale Bailey was, and so when they saw the title of the comic strip, then the the lead character was in there. So every Monday, unless I have a storyline of some kind, every Monday I try to have Snuffy in there. And um, other than that, I just try to keep a good mix of all the characters um, throughout the week.
0: Why do you work so far
1: ahead? Well, I guess the syndicate needs... um, they need them uh, so far ahead, but then it also gives me a bit of a cushion um, if I want to go on a vacation or, you know, if something happens like that. Yeah. Get sick or something. Um, so that's why it gives you a little bit of comfort level.
2: Mm hmm. Uh, are there any rules of thumb? In other words, could you kick Storyline and stretch it into two or three weeks? generally did a syndicate just quite if they if you're gonna do a storyline, keep it within a, a one week format. Is there any choice you know
1: there's no rule but with my comic I don't do storylines very often but when I do I have just always kept it to a week. I've never I don't think I've ever gone more than a week. Uh-huh. Years ago they used to um Barney Google and Snuffy Smith in the like forties and fifties would go on big adventures that last lasted weeks and weeks. Um, they'd go to Washington, D.C. or something like that, and it would last several weeks. But now, um, I think the most that I've ever done has been a week.
2: Have you come across interesting collectors over the years that collect nothing but Bonnie Google or Snuffy Smith uh, memorabilia? I'm thinking like during during the Second World War, or right after that, Superman uh, was on the radio and sponsored by Pep. And Pat, if I remember, had some buttons with Body Google and things like that. I was just wondering, uh, have you collected any things or you knew people who sort of look for interesting memorabilia?
1: When I do, uh, I have a Snuffy Smith book out, and when I've done book signings for that, a lot of times, or when I talk in those chalk talks, um, fans will talk to me afterwards and show me things um, for example, that song that we were talking about earlier, "Barney right. Google and the Goo Goo Googly Eyes," right. a Snuffy Smith fan uh, just gave me at a book signing. Just gave me the original, one of the original song sheets to that from the 1920s. And wow. um, there are people; they'll show me pictures or things that they've collected. Some people have shown me like quilts that they had made. Uh, years ago because they liked the characters so much or somebody at one time somebody had a decoupage pocketbook Um, and so I see a lot of things like that um, when I'm speaking to groups but it's also uh, neat to just search on eBay or sites like that just uh, see what's out there and I have gotten quite a few things over the years I have um, I guess you would say a little collection in my in my studio, my studio is not that big, but I have a small collection of some of the uh, collectible items, like cookie jars of uh, Snuffy Smith and Louiezie Smith, and um, I have a planter to plant a plant in that was, uh, I think that came out in the 40s, and it's Snuffy Smith's head with the hat, the big hat, and that's where you put your plant in, and I actually use that to hold my pens uh, <laughs> that I draw in, draw from each each day. Um but I have a lot of neat little memorabilia like that, and I have run into people that do collect it. And it, one thing that's kind of neat. I've had a lot of people, I guess because of the age of the comic strip that'll tell me, you know that they were nicknamed Snuffy as a kid uh, because of the character in the comic strip, or especially the baby Tater. I've had a lot of people tell me they were nicknamed Tater because Tater came along, I think. In the late 50s or early 60s. Um, So a lot of people were nicknamed Tater as a baby uh, after him so that's kind of neat when people tell you that.
0: Tater was a surprise character Mm
1: -hmm. having
0: Snuffy and Louise have a baby.
1: Right. I think Fred called it uh, Louise's late in life baby or something like that. But, and uh, he's, and yeah, Jughead
0: he's is a nephew, did I remember that correctly? Yep,
1: Jughead's a nephew. Mm-hmm. How
0: did how did he get to be part of the Smith family?
1: Well, I'm not 100% sure on that, and I've looked back at a lot of older comics, and about the only thing that I can figure out is, um, around that time, years ago, there were several little coonskin cap kids um, that were drawn in the comic strip, and... Uh, I guess they just thought it would be good to have him uh, as a nephew. But I, other than the fact that I know he's, you know, Snuffy's nephew since it's his name's Smith as well, um, I'm not hundred percent sure how they where he originally came from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kind of just like there you know, meat jughead Smith. That's kind of was how it was. One, one, yeah. one of the strips I saw.
0: And one of the things you mentioned earlier was Barney losing his wife in the strip, that, that she didn't appear. And the assumption was, or the statement was, that they had been divorced, mm. which was a subject that was never
1: addressed I back know. in I those agree. days. I think it's even in that song, Barney Google and the Googly Eyes. I think it said she sued Barney for divorce, or... I think it's even in the song but, You're
0: right um, After we talked as a group With right. um, Donnie Pitchford and the other guys mm-hmm. I went out and I looked for Barney Google And read the entire list of lyrics And it's a big list mm-hmm. And you're right She sued him for divorce Yeah, yeah and then Remarkable for course. that time
1: Yeah So you're right It was highly unusual in those days
0: Of course Barney was too
1: Right. Right. Very
0: true. It kind of went along with each other. This is great. I just love this cartoon strip, and I'm just delighted that we've had an opportunity to talk with you. Walden. do you have other questions for John? Just
2: one more. What time of the day, John? How do you actually, you what the task, but you do it in the morning or you try to spread it out? Do you do do certain things better at certain times of the, the day? You know, do you work? maybe on the dialogues in the morning and drawing in the afternoon? How do you actually, what, you know, your peak time of, of energy, how do you actually structure the hours?
1: Uh, I, I don't know that I really have a, a certain uh, peak time, I guess, but I do uh, try to treat it um, just like, I guess because I worked for many years in the newspaper business, I worked a, an eight-to-five job. So um, since I have a wife and two daughters, and, and they're older now, but even when they were young, I, I still tried to keep it uh, like a, an eight-to-five job so that I could kind of have a normal uh, work schedule uh, that you know fit in with with, uh, with most other parents and, and things. Um, probably probably don't. Uh, function quite as well in the early morning (laughs) but
2: uh so you know like like the Steve, like steve allen used to have a tape recorder and wake up in the middle of night and grab a tape and put a couple of thoughts down you you you, i
1: i I do have lots of little notebooks around the house and uh i'm always writing down ideas i do have something pen and paper by the bed and of course by my drawing table and uh, different places in the house, and I'm always asking my wife, you know, Do you think this sounds like a good idea? She probably gets tired of me asking her that.
2: <laughs> that's a good good way for a collaborative business. Not, right? Not bad.
1: Right. You bet. Uh, one this thing is that's good. Kind of funny, when
0: um, the girls were growing up, John, mm-hmm. how did they explain your job? Or how old were they when you first started working with the with um, Fred?
1: Um, let me think. Started with Fred in 1998, and our oldest daughter was born in 1991, so she would have been seven, and the other was 93, so she would have been uh, about five. Um, They thought, uh, they loved Fred, they thought he was, you know, almost kind of like a grandfather or something that they talked to on the phone. um, But I think, I think they thought it was kind of neat, because actually the way my studio is set up... um, our family room is kind of like a large l-shaped room and so i put my studio sort of in the back end of that l so that when they were little if they were watching nickelodeon or disney channel or something and i had a reason i had to work late um i could still be in that room watching tv and uh, so i was there and I, i think they've always kind of enjoyed that or had me come into i've come into many of their classrooms over the years and Done drawing and cartooning things with their class, and um, my daughter, our oldest daughter now is a is a teacher, a fourth grade teacher. So um, I actually went into her school a couple times this year. So I guess I'll just keep on doing that for years to come.
0: That is great, a show and tell, Daddy. It's (laughs) a whole lot easier. Explain, and someone who says, Well, I think
2: that's a neat thing that you were able, A, to be in the same room with the, with the kids, but be able to concentrate or able to compartmentalize that way the TV wouldn't be bothering you, right? right?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some people that, some cartoonists that have to have it quiet and some, you know, don't mind the noise and some really like it really, really loud. I think Stefan Pastis, who does the Pulls Before Swine comic strip, really likes really loud, loud music. Um, I guess with myself uh, being in a newsroom and I've just always been around noise and I've been able to just kind of block it out or listen to it if I want to listen. So it, it hasn't affected me. And generally probably in the evenings when they were watching TV, I probably was drawing or inking more, more than coming up with ideas. So, um, When that's going on, when I'm doing that, it really doesn't affect me that much if the TV's on.
0: Good stuff. John, I'm a freelance writer, and when you were talking about rejections and no answers before, Mm. I thought, you know, we're we're sort of on the same team here. This is really good stuff. Um, And I understood about working ahead. Am I correct that King Features does layouts for comics way ahead of time
1: Mm -hmm. yes we have to have like i said my i think i'm about nine weeks ahead so um on the daily comics and some guys may not be quite that far ahead but they're uh, fairly far ahead so yeah you have to get your work turned into
0: them so work had to be turned in three and four months ahead of the editorial schedule and i presumed that all of the the print media work the same way.
2: Well, I was just wondering then. Let's just say Kingfisher had King Fisher had they wanted to be picky on something. Did was there a sort of a rule of thumb that they need to get back to you within a week to make any changes, or to uh, you know if they need something a little more a little more color or whatever? I mean, how how you know if if they if they had some things that they need you to to adapt or whatever, would they need to get back to you in a week or so? Or, uh, There's
1: wh- really never been any uh, rule like that. And so far, really, with uh, the artwork, I don't think they've ever had me change anything uh, art-wise.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so they've been great to work with um, all, the, all the years that I've been working with them.
2: That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, Patricia, I think we can let John have the rest of his evening.
0: I think we can give John the rest of his evening. I am just so delighted that we had an opportunity to talk with you, John. We've been talking with John Rose, who is the cartoonist. Drawing Barney Google and Snuffy Smith and entertaining us. You've been with the team since 1998. Barney has been with us since 1919, which Mm. is astounding. (laughs) Um, Would you give them your website address again, please, to make sure that people can get there?
1: Sure. The website is snuffysmithcomics.com, and I also have a book collection out uh, titled uh, the Bodacious Best of Snuffy Smith, and it's about 350 of my favorite comic strips that I've done over the years. And you can find that on Amazon.com. Just uh, if you search Snuffy Smith, it'll it'll bring it up. It's that again, is the, great, the and I
0: did have the Bodacious Best of Snuffy Smith on my list here,
1: no, and <laughs> didn't ask
0: you about it. Thank you oh, for I bringing it in. I uh, I'm just delighted, John. Thank you for spending so much time with us. Walden, do you have more for John before we let him have?
2: Nope, I think we I think we covered everything for him. So thank you, John.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you, all you so very much. much. Really appreciate it.
2: You bet. Have a wonderful evening. Bye bye. Bye bye.